Okay, Google. How are you today? Awesome, thanks. How can I help? Well, you can deliver coffee. Welcome to AT Banter, the podcast where we discuss anything and everything regarding the world of assistive technology. With our hosts, Steve Barkley, Rob Minot, and Ryan Fleury. Now, let's banter. Hey, and welcome to another episode of AT Banter. Banter, banter. I am Rob Minot. And today, as per usual, I am joined by Steve Barkley. How do you do? And Ryan Flurry. Hi. Whoa. <laughs> a little bit of a pause there. <laughs> Need the crickets chirping. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, still, I should really get that uh, sound effect. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. Uh, how are you guys today? Uh, I'm wide awake. Yeah. I'm, I'm good. It's uh, We're recording the day after Father's Day, so there was a lot of whiskey yesterday. And how was your garage sale? The garage sale went well. Yeah. Yeah. Make a ton of money? Nope. Oh. We got a bunch <laughs> of crap out of our house, which is far more important. Yeah. Because the deal is anything that doesn't sell at the garage sale, you load into the car mm-hmm. and you drive it to Value Village. Yeah. Oh, damn. I should have come by. You should have. Yeah. Yeah. You could have well. been a proud owner of some of my crap. <laughs> <laughs> I've always wanted some of your crap. Well, you get plenty of it on this show. <laughs> <laughs> True dat. You had 15 years of his crap. You want more? <laughs> yeah, give me more. <laughs> Can never get enough. Uh, hey, Ryan. Rob. Uh, what are we doing today? Today we are interviewing Jessica Rickards, who is a host of Cool Blind Tech. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. I, I have to say I really I really like Cool Blind Tech. Um you know, we're on their, we're on their Twitter and, uh, you know, they're, they're just, they're always posting really good news stories. They're always, they always seem to be really on top of what's going on. And, uh, yeah. So it'll be great to talk to, uh, somebody from the team. Well, their podcasts are good too, and they're releasing them quite frequently. So there's always new content to be had. And I like their idea of how they like, they, they will pick, um, they will each pick a, a cool technology and talk about it. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty cool. We should really rip that idea off. <laughs> we should try to poach Jessica, right? <laughs> hey, so uh, how much uh, how much is Cool Blind Tech paying you? Well, ask her. <laughs> you can come work for us for free. Yeah, ask her. That's right. Uh, well, that'll be good. That'll be good. Uh, I'm looking forward to talking to her. Um, anything else going on in the uh, in the world that we need to talk about before we launch into that? Yeah, there were a whole bunch of tweets that went out today from uh, Bristol. Uh, What's their name? Bristol Braille Technology. They're the guys working on that full page um, okay. Braille reader. Hmm? Who who just said okay? I don't know. Oh, my phone just said okay. <laughs> I don't know why it said okay, but we'll uh, sorry, Bristol. Sorry, who who are they and what are they working on? Br- Bristol Braille. Uh, I believe it's called Bristol Braille Technology. Um, they're working on a full page, uh, 40, 40 line or forty cell by. I think it's 40 cell by nine line Braille display. Right. Uh, they're saying it's going to retail for somewhere on the order of uh, seven to 800 pounds, uh, British pounds. Right. So that would be what? Uh, About 1600 bucks or something. Yeah. 
Yeah, so pretty reasonable price for a multi-line Braille display for mm-hmm. reading. Are they new? Like, is this a new company? The, this is a, yeah, this is a company that's uh, been developing this product for, I think, a couple of years now. Um, they're supposed to come to market either uh, the end of this year or the beginning of next. I'm still waiting for the Orbit to be released so we can get somebody on the show to talk about that, too. Yeah, yeah, that's weird that they're still A not, year behind uh, almost. Yeah, yeah. Cause, uh, well, that's not a good sign. Yeah, there's been a bunch of people who've prepaid for mm-hmm. for units and don't have units yet. So, yeah. And that'll be a shame if that actually kind of falls off the wagon because <clears throat> that was a really reasonable priced uh, device. I mean, that's yeah. kind of what they were, they were selling it. That was one of the main selling points mm-hmm. was that it was... Uh, yep. It was finally something that was reasonably priced, but I, that could very well be what the delay is. If they're just they're having some issues bringing it in at that price, maybe, perhaps. It's my theory. We'll see. Um, are you thinking of uh, of picking that that lineup, the Bristol Bristol Braille? Oh, I'd love to a multi line Braille display. Are you kidding? That'd be I think that'd be a huge hit in uh, in education for sure, particularly at that price point. Yeah, for sure. Ryan, get on the phone. I've already been in touch. Oh, never mind. (laughs) (laughs) I did reach out to Neil Gaiman's media people. Oh, did you? I did. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. Haven't heard back. No? No? No interest, eh? Not yet. (laughs) Come on. Come and talk to us about Taco Bell, though. American (laughs) Gods. Yeah. Another couple weeks, I'll harass him again. Yeah. Good plan. <laughs> That'd be funny if we get Neil Gaiman and we can't get Rick um, Hansen. <laughs> All right. Well, that's enough bantering for now. Uh, let's go ahead and bring our guest on. So Jessica Rickards is one of the co-hosts and contributors over at Cool Blind Tech, which, for those who aren't aware of it, is an incredible tech news podcast and website that discusses all the latest and greatest assistive technology for people who are visually impaired. Jessica, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me on. So tell us a little bit about uh, some of your background and just kind of what brought you into the accessibility field. Well, I actually have been working with assistive technology since I was very young, since I was about um, eight years old, and that would be about 20 years-ish. So yeah, I been working with assistive technology for quite some time, been teaching assistive technology for, um, goodness, it's been almost 10 years now. Wow. Like almost, yeah, nine years. Yeah, nine years um, that I've been teaching it. And I've been, I've, I've been interacting in the field of assistive technology since I was in high school. So for even longer than that, so um, I used to help my, my paraprofessionals in the field um, set up computers at their sites and things like that because I was like the AT expert. So I've been in the AT field for, for a long time. Um, and so for me, really, AT is my life. It's one of those things that I... Um, I don't necessarily go looking for new tech. Um, I just kind of do with what I have. And um, I like to go for the more mainstream option when I can because I feel like um, tech should be made accessible rather than um, having to go for the more accessible option if possible. So I try to adapt 
my own technology to fit the needs that I have. So that's, that's, that's been kind of my approach in life, but that's because I've been in the field for so long. So now when you say that you've been, you've been um, working with uh, assistive technology since you were like eight, does that mean like, so, so you've been using it since then as well yes. as working yeah. with it? Yeah, that's what I mean. I've been, I've been using it since then. I've been, I used to have um, an old Braille and speak Braille light uh, 40 when I was nine. I had a Braille light 40 um, and I used to, um, kind of, I wanted to learn basic back then actually and learn how to code basic, but I didn't get into, I was, I was still like the language is just a little bit above my head. Um, but I was just starting to get into the old games that they used to have for it and try to figure out how to make more. Um, and then of course technology changed right as I was getting into it and, uh, we got new and better tech and, um, all that good stuff. So, um, I've been, I've been on top of the, uh, AT field and, uh, been in using windows since windows 95. So, um, I hadn't really touched the Apple side of things though, until, um, iOS. And I, I got into that in 2008. Yeah. It's funny. Like the last 20 years of assistive technology, it's actually been a really exciting 20 years, probably certainly more so than the previous 20 years, um, in that some of the leaps forward um, have been like substantial, especially, you know, with the advent of smartphones and, and touchscreens and stuff. That's where things, the game really changed. Pocket tech. Yes, definitely. I mean, I, it was interesting because you look back and when I was in school, I used to carry around all these big hefty braille books and as, as time went on by the end of my high school career I was maybe carrying one or two braille books and a cartridge of digital books and the cartridge was still it was still like a um, flash card which um, now it would be an SD card but back then it was like a 16 gigabyte flash card that uh, was probably like five or six times the thickness of a SD card, right? Those old ones that went in the cameras, yeah. and I had one of those book oh, yeah. port things, Compact and, flash. Mm -hmm. and um, so I used to put like five or six books on a on a flash card and carry those around versus you know one or two volumes of one textbook in my backpack at a time. So I mean, it was it, it really technology in my lifetime changed quite a bit and. Um, it's really been revolutionary to experience the changes and to be able to walk people through these changes. Um, you know, a lot of the older generation, it's been interesting to see how they've taken it because, you know, a lot of people are like, this is just too fast, too much, too fast. Some people, you know, they're able to take these changes and go, this is great. Now I have all these great new tools. So it's been neat to see how this evolution has impacted people. Absolutely. And could you tell us a little bit about your, your own visual impairment then? I, uh, have, I'm actually uh, born blind. I have um, septo-optic dysplasia, so it's an optic nerve um, uh, underdevelopment. I have some light perception in one eye. Um, other than that, I don't really see anything. Yeah. I've been a Braille reader since I was three, so okay. I really am a heavy Braille advocate. Excellent. Well, you will, you'll fit in great around here because we are too. Yeah, absolutely. 
So tell us a little bit about, um, say, your the daily sort of assistive technology that you that you use these days on a daily basis. These days, I love my Braille displays. I've got a, I've got quite a few of them. My husband has one of mine that he's learning Braille on right now, and that's the Refresher Braille 18. And then I uh, currently use my Hims Braille Sense uh, U2 Mini. Um, and so I have that, and then I have the, um, let's see, I have the Perkins Mini Seika that I, I have as a demo unit. It's not the best, but I wanted to see what the Perkins was all about, so I grabbed that. Um, I use a uh, an HP laptop occasionally, but if I could, I would not use a laptop at all because I am on my phone a lot. Um I have an iPhone 7, but I'm thinking about switching to the Android universe. All right. One of us. One of us. One of us. I would love to. I just, I have, you know, because I had just got this iPhone like last year and kind of tied into it. So oh, I, I figure I'll keep this one until it, until it dies. And then when it dies, I'll get the Android. <laughs> yeah, well, you absolutely should. I mean, especially after watching uh, Google I.O. I don't know if you guys were, were tuned into that for the yes. for the show, but some of the stuff that, they, that they're coming out with, Google Lens especially, um, pretty exciting stuff. Yeah, they're both coming out with some incredible stuff, which mm-hmm. is neat to see um, and I'm glad that Apple's catching up. I was very dis- I was I was about to be very disappointed um, <laughs> with Apple if they didn't start to catch up. But uh, at least they're 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 trying. <laughs> but that's kind of the nice thing though too about having um you know you've got you've got Apple, you've got Google and you've got Microsoft and they're all sort of I wouldn't say they're competing against each other but oh in a way I guess they are. And that competition is is good. It's healthy for yep. for um the industry because it 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 forces innovation. Absolutely. It does. And you know the funny part is, is I've got all of their devices in my house. I have an Apple device. I've got a Microsoft computer, or you know, I've got Windows. I've got an Amazon Fire tablet, an uh, Echo Dot, and a Google Home speaker. So I've got all of their devices in my house. Sounds like my basement. <laughs> <laughs> yep, it's all it's all there. Yeah, it's it's awesome, and it's only getting better and better. Like every year, they they seem to really be breaking breaking new ground. So I think AT is more exciting now than it's ever been before. Definitely, it's it's a great time to be in the AT field. Um, Rob didn't uh, mention our uh, our other guest hosts that we've got uh, on the oh, show no. too. <laughs> yeah, we're we're all we're all geared up. We're doing a uh, we're doing a, a podcast on. Um, uh, the Google Home. The the Google Home. After this one, yeah. Nice. So so we're all we're all hooked up. If you want to ask Google Home anything, you can. Perfect. You can just you can just do the. Okay, Google. Tell us a joke. This might make you laugh. How do you get over a fear of elevators? Just take some steps to avoid them. Oof. <laughs> See, and and Google Home can also play cool blind tech podcasts like. You know, hey Google, play cool blind tech on Google Play. Okay, check out this cool James and Black teacher radio mix on hey Google. Google Music. <laughs> hey Google, stop. 
Google. No, okay, Google. Shh. Stop. <laughs> so they they need to work. They they there's some bugs. They there's do some, need there's to some work bugs on there. This. We we tried the same thing. We we've been trying to play our podcast on it, and and we. What's really funny is the, my Echo Dot. I think my Echo Dot. I think will you play. actually have to say play the latest episode of, and then it'll and then it'll play it. Well, because um, it. I was just gonna say it's interesting because I can't get the Google Home to play our podcast, but my Echo Dot will through TuneIn. So it's strange. yeah, you should be able to do it through Google Play. You just have to tell it, I think, play the latest episode of, right. and you say the name of the podcast. Yeah, I and think... it should do it. It's just. It's all about the wording with it is. assistance nowadays, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, where were we? What were we talking about? Exciting uh, time, exciting time for AT, yes. That's a good segue to, to talk a little bit about your podcast, which is Cool Blind Tech. <clears throat> so um, tell us a little bit about how you got involved with the, with them. Yeah, so I um, I actually was a guest on their show um, a few years back, actually, uh, back in, I want to say it was like 2012 or 2013. I'm trying to remember the year off the top of my head now. Um, <laughs> but I, I actually was working for another company called Blind Access Training, and I was doing some AT training at the time, and so I came on as a spotlight. And then they said, hey, do you want to be a part of our VIP? And I said, well, sure, why not? And then I kept in contact with them. And like a couple of years later, um, they get in touch with me and they said, hey, do you want to be a part of our team? You could maybe do some writing. And I said, sure. Well, I start doing some writing and they're like, you would, you would actually make a great podcaster. And I said, really I don't have any experience in this I have I have no audio technical expertise whatsoever I've never edited anything I've touched audacity maybe twice you know I was I was messing around with audio sound files just to make ringtones and play around with like music tracks and I I do a lot of karaoke stuff so I messed around with that but I've never like edited podcasts or done any of that so I was like I are you sure you want me podcasting? <laughs> and they said, well, sure. You know, we don't, we don't need people who know how to do audio. We just need people that know how to, that actually know what they're talking about. And so I came on the show and, um, started, you know, doing spotlights and, and VIPs and stuff. And that was a couple of years ago. And it's been, it's been great. We've, uh, we've had a lot of fun, um, have a lot of great team members, um, you know, Rachel, Tommy, um, Joel, Joel's our audio guy. He's, he, he, uh, does all the, the, uh, editing and, you know, so does Nelson. Nelson's our, our main, uh, the owner of cool blind tech and he's, um, does a lot of the articles now, but it used to be James. He, um, he does a lot of the spotlights too between me and James. So it's been really good. Um, being on uh, part of the team. So how big is the team? Um, there's seven of us. And are you guys are you yeah. guys all spread out all over the country? There, um, well, there's there's um, it used to be a couple of us from Canada. Now there's only one from Canada, and everybody else is in the U.S. Did you guys used to be called Blind Cool Tech? 
nope. Okay. <laughs> but everybody tries to call us that. Yeah, I thought um, there was a podcast another, years ago. There's another company that I don't know if they're even still around. I don't think they're even around anymore. That's where the okay. confusion must have come in. Yeah. Yeah. Because there was there was a blind cool tech, but it wasn't us. Okay. So tell us a little bit about how you guys format uh, the the different shows. Like you, because you mentioned a VIP and you mentioned a spotlight. Can you explain to us like what the difference between the two are? Okay, so VIPs are kind of like your news, your tech news highlights for the week. So you have, we usually try to do three or four articles um, that come out or tidbits from the week before or um, the past couple weeks that we've noticed in tech and try to highlight those and give our views on them. And we have usually have three or four people on the show, sometimes two, uh, depending on, on who all can make that particular VIP. And uh, then we'll add in some cool picks. So those are things that we on the team uh, feel are neat, contributions to uh, assistive technology so an app or it could be a device or um, it could be some some sort of gadget that we've we've got so I even had my instapot as a cool pick one time um, because that was my cool new kitchen appliance that I got for uh, my wedding actually and so um, that's the VIP the spotlight is a um, an interview with an individual or um, a, a couple individuals, whoever whoever can make it, usually one individual at a time uh, from a company. And usually we'll try to get um, the CEO or we'll try to get um, the, like, we'll try to get a um, manager of some kind from the company. And we will highlight what that company does and what they're about and we will provide links for the listeners to find more information about that company. And we'll, we'll sometimes do a follow-up interview with the company uh, about where they're at or where they're going from when we last uh, spoke with them. And how often do you guys uh, do one? Uh, I, <clears throat> sorry. Oh, I'm kind of frog in my throat today. Yeah. I keep telling you not to eat those things. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> and I'm out of coffee. That's a terrible thing. Um, how often do you guys run the show? Okay, so VIPs, we try to run those about once a week. And spotlight interviews, we try to put out uh, once a week as well. Um, and those, those we, we try to have um, enough content to do that. But sometimes it'll be like once every other week. Uh, do, you, do you guys generally get things from companies to talk about like do they send you they, do they ever send you demo equipment or do they ever send the show um you know prototypes and stuff for you guys to play with so that you can talk about it on the show we don't often get review units and we don't ask for review units but um sometimes a company will, will voluntarily send us something so that we can review it for them um and we 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 usually are, we usually try to make sure that if a company does that, it's um, not going to be something that they're they're asking a positive review of or anything. We want to make sure that it's an impartial review because you know on our show we try to we try to approach everything from an unbiased right. perspective. So 
um, like for example, we have um, uh, we had a company approach us for the six dot label maker, and that was that was that's really been the only recent one that we've had um, of a review unit, uh, along with the um, the Braille Coach, which is from they're both from Logan Tech. Right. So we just recently had that happen, but most of the time we really don't get review units. Yeah, it can be tricky. I mean, I think we kind of ran into the same issue, you know, in terms of talking about product where it, it can be a really fine line between, you know, being being able to be impartial and to, to talk about any given devices, um, you know, pros and cons. And, and that can be tough when you're, you're entering into a, an actual, um, uh, you know, business relationship with, with a different company. Definitely. Yeah, I'd rather just have... Excuse me. See, I, your frog, my frog jumped into your throat. Jeez, <laughs> what's going on with these frogs? Hang on. There's beer in the fridge. Yay, beer. <laughs> Dude, it's 11. It's not, it's not even noon yet. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. <laughs> um, yeah, I think if, if we were dealing with manufacturers, I think I'd rather have a rep come and do a pitch rather than do a review. Yeah, that's true. It's too unless you really go into some depth on the product and really hammer away at it. It's hard to do a really good review, and you know if you do a bad review, they're they're never coming back. <laughs> so. Well, they might. <laughs> uh, all right, let's see. Okay, so now, now let me ask you this: uh, in say the last six months. Um, what piece of tech have you, have you guys looked at that has really wowed you? Okay, so, wow. <laughs> There's been quite a few. Um, okay, let me think on this one for a second here. Nope, no problem. Um, Ryan, sing Jeopardy music. No, we need, the, we need the cricket sound. No, because there's just so much technology that... <laughs> maybe um, six months was too much Too much of a... Yeah. Maybe that was a... Now, see, for me, um, I could tell you which one that I would really want. Sure. That, I, sure. that, I, that I definitely do not have yet. Okay, give us, give us Jessica's really, really, Christmas really list. I really, want the Dot Watch. Oh. Um, because... It's the only Braille smartwatch out there. And it definitely seems like it's a viable option. And from what I've heard so far, it's definitely a neat concept. And it's out there, and it's workable, and it's doable. Um, and I'm, I'm definitely for anything Braille. So, um, I mean, a lot of people like the Apple Watch, but... I like the fact that it, you could probably use it on any platform that you go to. So, and who makes that? Um, Dot Incorporated, actually. Interesting. I don't think I've I don't think I'm I'm really familiar with it. No, I'm not either. Ryan, have you heard of I it? I think I've heard of it and looked at it online, but I, that's been a while now. Interesting. Wasn't that a, I want to think, wasn't there a Kickstarter that was similar to that or? There was something on it, but, um, now they're, now they're backordered. Now they've got so many that they, that they, um, are actually waiting. Um, there's, there's a waiting list hmm. for nice. them. That's a good problem to have. Mm -hmm. Yep. 
Uh, okay, very cool. Uh, anything else? Like, okay, well, let me ask you this too. Like, it must be hard covering all this really cutting edge uh, technology and not be like, oh my God, I really want that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, like the Galaxy S8 is the next one that I'm thinking about getting for a phone. Oh, and yet nice. I'm like, I know that when by the time I actually buy a new phone, there'll be another great one yep. out there. Yep. Because Google's releasing another Pixel probably this yep. fall. Yep. And so I'm like, you know, by the time by the time we're ready for, for new phones, we will have even better phones. And so yep. that's why I'm like, you know, if I hold out for the next new piece of technology, <laughs> then then we'll be just fine. <laughs> The problem is it changes so quickly. You could be holding on it forever really and never upgrade, right? So. It really does. And that's why I'm like, you know, if I keep my device until it breaks itself, then then, then <laughs> I will know that it's time for a new piece of technology. You can just drop it. <laughs> well, I could. But, you know. <laughs> Accidentally step on it. But see, I've dropped this thing so many times. It still hasn't broken, so... <laughs> Testament to I don't Apple. have it in a I don't have it in a water or a auto box case so so drop it in water <laughs> <laughs> nope that's they're the waterproof key. oh yeah that's right there oh yeah. yeah good on Apple I have to you have to give it to Apple for that their, right. their design is rock solid throw it in the microwave for two two minutes <laughs> for two minutes <laughs> on high that'll kill it did you did you see that thing going around on uh, social media about uh, how you could uh, put your own headphone jack into the uh, the uh, I iPhone? saw that no. I saw that and I looked at it on YouTube and it was funny because it wasn't it definitely wasn't true but you know that somebody would believe it people did it yeah people did it people did it yeah. they're actually sitting there drilling, drilling holes. holes yeah <laughs> What? Yeah. yeah, it was instructions like because everybody was so mad that that there were that there was no headphone jack on the, on right, the phone, right? right? So the, these guys came out with this little spoof video that says, "Oh yeah, if you just drill a hole right here, you can just stick your headphones in." <laughs> <laughs> and, and all of these people drilled oh, their no. phones. Oh no, <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, killed them, killed them dead. <laughs> yep, yeah, that was bad. So. It was interesting. Last week we had uh, Quentin Christensen on, who is um, one of the the trainers for NVDA. Mm-hmm. And we sort of had an interesting discussion with him about uh, just kind of about the state of screen readers um, in the marketplace today. Um, what what screen reader do you generally use on a day to day basis? You know, to be honest, I. I flip between them, but on my computer, because I work for the state, I have to use JAWS at some point. Right. Because if I don't, I will not uh, be up with what the consumers are using. So I, I tend to use JAWS more, even though I find that it crashes way too often and it's really frustrating to use. So I do have NVDA in the background on my computer. Like I have it. I have it to where it's installed, but I don't start up, have it start up automatically. Um, also have, um, well, I, I used to use system access a long time ago. Um, and that, that I found to be interesting because you could actually custom label web pages. So mm-hmm. that was kind of cool. Um, and you could do that now with the others, but they were, they were, they came out with this that way before, um, Jaws even did it, 
Yeah, they even so. offered that technology to all the other screen reading companies because they figured it would be a really powerful tool for, for the community. None, yeah. of, none of them took them up on it. Yep. I wonder actually how often it, it actually got used and the people actually knew it was there. Yeah, it was really a neat tool. And I actually helped them um, because when Windows 10 came out, um, it wasn't accessible to any of the screen readers except for SA. And um, even JAWS was having issues. And I actually helped them uh, with some of their technical support troubleshooting on that. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It seems to me that that at least I think if you fast forward five years or so, I mean, I can't see JAWS really having a place in the marketplace other than with like large companies and institutions that sort of mandate. Um, I feel like Narrator will catch up by then. And I feel like we're going to see Narrator actually become a main screen reader by then. Fingers crossed. I mean, hopefully. Yeah. Because they, because they have enough tools now built in natively in Windows 10 that if the government agencies would actually get themselves together, that I think if people start learning Narrator, you can do a lot of cool stuff with it, at least on native Windows applications. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's really what, what we're shooting for. I mean, that's, that's yep. the goal is that when you buy a computer, anybody should be able to plug it in and use it, whether they're, you know, whether they can see or not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Preach into the choir. But yeah, but I mean, so, you know, a $1,200 screen reader, I just, you know, I, I don't see a place for it in the marketplace no. in, in, in the next few years. Don't get me started no, on I that. No, I agree. <laughs> so. Well, you know, I was listening to the latest FS cast, and I'm going to go there. I went there last week. Go, go there. there again. Go there, Ryan. <laughs> you know, NFB. You and, actually listen to those? Um, <laughs> once in a while, yes, because I'm a, I'm a fan of Jonathan Mosin, so. And every now and then he drinks rye, and he likes to get furious. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so my, my big rant is I've been a JAWS user for 20 years. I, I It's my go-to screen reader on a day-to-day -day basis. On the latest FS cast... At NFB and ACB, they're offering a brand new license of JAWS Home for $125. After these shows, that price goes up to $1,000. That's robbery, yet people don't scream and shout. It just drives me absolutely batty. I don't understand it. Like, that that, that makes no sense. It's criminal. Now, I heard that they're uh, starting to do a by, by, by criminal, he means system. not very nice. <laughs> Let's keep the lawyers out of this. So what were you saying, Jessica? Now, I heard they're starting to offer a payment plan system. Like, I, right. I heard that there there is a way, instead of having to pay this, like, insane amount of money up front, that you could either buy a JAWS license outright or you could you could do a payment plan, or you could actually like do a sort of rent to own type deal. Do you know if that's available to everybody or just U.S. residents? I don't know, but I I, I heard they were talking about doing options like that because of because Window Eyes used to have it and um, SA have it. Right. So. Well, I mean, they're they're going to have to do something. I mean, they're. It, it's still shocking to me that their price point for that screen reader has not dropped in years ever. Like I don't think it's At least ever twenty it's, years. It's ever dropped. <laughs> well, and, right. and I think a lot of it is because they, they don't feel that they've never had to. But there's just too much competition out there. I mean, mm -hmm. it, it also used to be that there there was really Jaws 
and there was, I guess, window-wise was around. But that was kind of it. They didn't really have it any It used to be Jaws and Window-Eyes, and that was it. That was Those were your two choices. And there were no baked-in um, accessibility features in Windows or you know, or, or any of the other operating systems. So, well, actually, no, I shouldn't say that because I think Apple, I think, um, didn't Apple's... Apple operating... had one for, they had one to start with, but, uh, and actually, it's funny, I have an old, uh, it's actually sitting in my drawer right now, I have an old Tiger computer, it's on, it's running Tiger, um, wow. 2005 airport PC. Uh, they call it an airport PC, but it's a Mac. Right. And it runs, uh, it runs Tiger, and it's got voiceover on it. It's got all the old voices. Right. Um, and it works. It's funny because it still works fairly well for for its age. But I just feel like you know, for for so long, Jaws was sort of in a position where they could just charge whatever because they were the only game in town. And yeah. you know, they, they had the ears of all the institutions and stuff. And it was all, yeah. I, I mean, they, they've just never really had to drop that price point. And I, they're going to have to soon. They're going to have to do something. Well, they, they benefited from, from their own early innovation, right? They, they were out there with a good, solid, usable screen reader in the early days. And that created a user base for them. And Well, the know, thing that Freedom Scientific has done from the beginning, because they... I mean, if you watch if you watch their evolution, you'll see their strategy, right? They started off as Hender Joyce, um, Freedoms, or Hender Joyce and Blazy Engineering, mm-hmm. and then they merged and became Freedom Scientific, and then they merged again and um, became BFO. took Arkenstone. and then they merged again. So you see that they're buying out all right. these big companies. And their whole big strategy is, well, you know, all these AT companies, you know, they're, they're being taken under because there's so many new solutions out there. Well, let's just buy them out and we'll just become the only AT solution. Right. And that's really what they've been doing this entire time. That's why they're, they're keeping that price point because they're like, well, we can do it because eventually we're just going to be the only AT solution and people that want the only AT solution will pay that price. Yeah. Well, and I think that the other, the other thing that they've got going for them and Ryan brought this up last week is that, you know, you have this user base who have spent like say $1,200 on, on a screen reader. They don't want to give that up. And so they, they keep plugging in these SMAs where it just, you know, it gives them the new, the new version for the next year and they 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 just keep buying SMAs because they don't want to um, lose that initial purchase price. Yeah. yeah. And but I don't know. Like that's only going to carry them so far. And you know, I I guess you know that strategy of of just buying everybody else up, it, you know, certainly would work. But the thing that maybe they they haven't anticipated was all the baked in accessibility that's getting better and better. And like you said, if narrator gets to the point where you know, you can just plug in a, a, a PC and not need an add-on screen reader at all, they're screwed. Well, and you know what kind of is annoying because I've, I've actually worked with consumers who have Macs 
And they tell me, they're like, you know, I have a computer already, but the state, they're saying that they won't train them on their own computer because it's a Mac computer. Right. And it's like, you know, it, it has perfectly good built-in accessibility. Right. State even has certification for Mac, which I think is funny, <laughs> that, you know, they will not allow someone who is Mac certified to come in and train someone who has a Mac already. They'll purchase all new equipment for this person wow. who doesn't need it, who already has equipment and could use it if they had the right tools. Right. Ooh. And so I will sit there and tell a consumer, I'll be like, you know what? Honestly, I will train you on this, but you can go in and I will give you this tool so you could go in and learn your own machine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. what, which state are you operating out of? I'm in Texas. In Texas. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, okay, yes. then I've, I've got a question for you. Donald Trump, oh, no. great Jeez. president oh, or greatest boy. ever president? <laughs> Is this going to go on the record? <laughs> Everything can, you say, can, Canon, will be held no, against I can, you. <laughs> I, I can totally edit out anything political. <laughs> well, okay, let's rewind a little bit. No, Steve said great or greatest president. I, absolutely. That's positive. That's not a negative. negative I know, color. right? <laughs> I want to say one. I want to say one thing, and Rob, you can edit this out if you want. But one of the guys on the blue collar comedy tour um, lived in Texas and said, "You know, we believe in the death penalty. We put in a drive-through and we use it. You know." <laughs> yes, yes, I remember this. Yeah. Yes. But see, and you know what's funny is is it, I, and and I don't, I honestly don't care if you put this on the record, but Perhaps. I mean. So, some people some people might but i don't i mean it's one of those things like okay in texas there are a lot of trump supporters but there's also people like texas is its own country in yes. and of itself yeah like the people around here um if if push came to shove texas is in it for itself way <laughs> way way back when texas was its own country yeah Yep, exactly. Mm -hmm. That that and and they have kept that mentality ever since. I've noticed that since I've moved here, because hmm. I've only lived here for a couple of years now. Well, now uh, and well, yeah. And there's some really there's some pockets of of interesting. Um, I don't know what's the word. I mean, like what what part of Texas are you in? I'm in Denton, so I'm actually in the college town area, uh -huh. uh, right by Dallas. Okay. You guys don't I, know where that is. No, we don't know where it is. <laughs> what do we know? I, I, I know? I know they shoot presidents in that area. No. Oh, jeez. Oh. <laughs> I have my editing work cut out for me. Uh, but I know, like, Austin is, like, are you are you close Austin to Austin? Austin is about three and a half hours south of where I live. Right. Because they say Austin is a pretty so. weird town, and it's not. Yes. Austin, they literally have a sign in the town that says, keep Austin weird. <laughs> That's funny. That's awesome. <laughs> I gotta yep. go visit. I like weird. <laughs> okay, now Denton. Guys... Uh, one of my friends said that Denton is like a little Austin. Oh, we'll see, there you go. Yeah, we we are our own brand of weird. And there's like <laughs> lots of it's it's basically a it's basically a city with a small town feel. There's lots of small town atmosphere and a really great square that comes alive at night. But it's got like this. Um, it's definitely a city, but it's got a small town sort of atmosphere. What's uh, what what size of uh, of a town is it? Um, Ask Google. Let's see, oh, Alexa. Yeah. 
What's the population of Denton, Texas? The population of Denton, Texas is about 113,000. Oh, that's a nice size. Yeah, that is a good size. Yeah. Okay, we've gotten completely derailed. We have. What the <laughs> hell were we talking about? <laughs> oh, before okay. you brought, before oh, you, you brought you, politics. You were, you were, well, you were politicizing screen readers before. I that, don't blame so. you. Right. Don't blame this on me. <laughs> we were talking about we were talking about the monopoly that is freedom scientific. That's right. That's well, right. we're not a monopoly yet, fortunately. No, yeah. no, they are. They really are. I wonder if we'll ever get to the point where, you know, how the EU basically went after Microsoft for bundling Internet Explorer back in the 90s. And there was, you know, they wanted that unbundled. I wonder if that'll ever happen with Freedom Scientific or other companies. It's pretty you know. different pretty different model I think. yeah and i like i don't know i like again like i i just don't see your I, I don't see how you're gonna see jaws in the form that it's in in five years i i just don't think they're gonna be able to compete because you've got nvda which is a free screen reader it's just it's open source it's getting better and better now see nvda the only reason that they're not in competition right now and this is the only reason that i can think of is because you have organizations like enterprises and governments that say, well, we can't have an or open source yeah, version right. of this yep. in our facility. Right. And so if NVDA can create a version, and if NVDA people are listening to this, I'm sure they are, if you can create a version that isn't open source and can lock down your code and send it to these organizations, then I could I I could definitely see a free screen reader coming to any organization. That's you know what that is something that they should consider doing, like just having two versions of it. Yeah, because then because then you wouldn't have the security risk, and if they needed the updates, they could email NVDA directly and get those updates, or NVDA could contact them. The only I think the only thing preventing that is that. Our organizations love doing things like spending twelve hundred dollars on something when they could get something else for completely free. Tax write-off. Yep, <laughs> they do love spending money unnecessarily. Yep. Well, it's like our school boards here, right? If they don't spend their money by the end of their fiscal year, they lose it. So it's probably the it. same. Yeah. Yeah, and and Freedom Scientific will capitalize on that, and that's what they're hoping for. Yeah. Because yeah. you know. So were you shocked Tax by were, were you shocked by this latest buy-off that they did or not buy-off but uh, acquisition? No, I really wasn't because I mean I I didn't really see um like I didn't really see AI squared and window eyes and all of that um standing on its own. Now I did actually I saw ZoomText standing on its own. Mm -hmm. That was doing fine. Right. But I didn't see window eyes standing on its own very long. And I know that there were a lot of window eyes supporters out there, but I found when I was using it, it was really clunky and it, there was just a lot of problems with it. So yeah, they fought, um, they fought the good fight for a while, but uh, they did. Yeah. I don't think that that aspect surprised me, but I think that the whole AI squared acquisition did kind of take us, a little bit by surprise, Aaron, wouldn't you say, Steve? Yeah, I, I didn't see it coming. I... I am glad, though, that they did choose to fuse um, the JAWS with ZoomText because ZoomText had some amazing keystrokes that I found were that were 
really good and I think they took the best of both worlds and kind of meshed them together so because I teach slow vision people as well sometimes and I preferred teaching zoom text to teaching magic even though magic had some of the keystrokes that were equivalent to jaws because mm -hmm. they they dealt less with the mouse pointer with zoom text and more with the keyboard yeah we always found zoom text was a much more popular option than magic was yeah yeah yeah. And again, I think to a certain extent, that's because they were the earlier offering and they developed their user base. So they, right. they, they essentially just became synonymous with with large print. Right. So. Yeah. And uh, like, and have you used the new um, the new fusion? Uh, Zoom text. Fusion? I I have not gotten to use it yet. I may I may download the demonstration and, and try it out soon eventually see how it works yeah what well, should be interesting now that it's using jaws as opposed to to window eyes yeah for sure let me ask you this uh what's the most enjoyable aspect of working on the podcast you know um i i actually really love um putting together the um the vips and the spotlights those are fun and and um and working with the team i think I think getting to work, work with the team and working with the guests, um, that's always been the most fun for me. Um, I tend to do things very much off the cuff. I'm uh, not very structured when it comes to um, organizing things. I, I will organize show notes, but it's more just a rough guideline for everybody else to go off of. Right. So um, I, I love being able to take people's energy and go with it, like take you know, the atmosphere of, of what's happening in that episode and go, okay, well, let's take it this direction. So I do that a lot with the spotlights and that's worked out really well. Um, also kind of like the ability to, to, um, take things in a different direction if I want to. So, you know, if I want to do a how to article or something and, and it's on an app that hasn't been really tested before, um, I, I get to do that. So it's been nice to have the freedom to, to do that. I've done that with Goodreads. I've done that um, with the Amazon registries because nobody's really done that before. So I did that when I created my own registry. Um, I thought, well, let me try doing that so that people know how to do this accessibly. And do you guys generally just get to float uh, ideas on your own or do you guys get assignments? How does it work? We have a team meeting every Sunday and we bring up ideas and, um, you know, we have a, a weekly contribution that we make and um, usually what happens is it's like, okay, if we have an idea, we'll present it for that week and usually we get the okay to do it and we submit it by the um, end of that week, which is usually right before the team meeting. So, um, you know, I'll bring up, say, um, I'm supposed to be on the VIP for the coming week. I'll bring that up in the team meeting and that'll get cleared. Um, and everybody else will bring up their contributions. And if, you know, hopefully there's no duplicates. In general, like how many hours do each of you sort of put into preparing for say a, a version of the VIP? Wow. So it really varies. Um, I say I, I, I usually will put in a couple of hours trying to find stories and put it together and then um, 
put the show notes together. But um, all together, I mean, the editors take several hours to yeah. edit the VIP once it's done. Um, you know, because after I'm done hosting or whoever's done hosting, then it goes into post-production editing, which takes quite a long time for a half an hour podcast. So, oh, yeah. Um, it, it, it could take several hours just for the one show. Give your editors some love. Yes. <laughs> love you, man. Rob, Thank you. Rob's our editor, and all he does is complain about editing. <laughs> no, I don't. It's not all I complain about. Yeah, does he, I, he complains about several things. Exactly. <laughs> Give me some credit. <laughs> but he's always got the show ready to go before the end of the week. Yeah, so. Absolutely. <laughs> no, but, uh, but I do have to say uh, we're really big fans of the podcast. Uh, you guys do a tremendous job. And, I mean, you guys do a tremendous job of, of, of staying up to date on um, the, the ongoing news cycle of any given week. Um, so... Yeah, and that's that's one of the reasons why we were we were really excited to talk to to one of the team for sure. Yeah, I'm so glad to be a part of this um, this banter. It's so much fun to kind of get to to guest guest star on another podcast. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> you know, it's it's fun being a part of your own stuff, but it's also great to be a part of of other people's stuff. So I love um, getting to see how everybody else in the podcasting world does things it is interesting you know and, and we've talked to a few other podcasts we talked to um uh, neil milliken um from access chat who they they do a, a bit of a twitter chat i don't know if you guys are, are familiar with them but uh yeah it, it is really interesting when you're talking to other people in the field who are who are doing sort of the same thing but sort of different because what we found anyways is that everybody has a, a bit of a different take Definitely. And I mean, you know, when, you know, I don't, and I don't know what, what the experience over at, at Cool Blind Tech was, but, you know, even when we sat down and first started the idea for the podcast, it's turned into something completely different within, within a few months. I mean, when, when we first uh, conceptualized it, it was going to be very much a show just about product tech, and product. Tech, yeah. You know? Um, yeah. But really quickly, we, we discovered that, you know, there was a lot of other interesting stories, um, more more human interest stories, and just, you know. We, we found out we once we stepped out of our nerddom that people are cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, there's a lot of amazing people with disabilities out there overcoming their disabilities through technology, and that's the direction we've gone in, and it's pretty, pretty amazing so far. Yeah. No, that's great. Um, ours have evolved over the years as well, um, even since I've been a part of the team and beforehand. I mean, I've, I've listened to the Cold Blind Tech podcast before I was a part of the team and then after, and it's been an incredible evolution process. Um, just different ideas, different tech, different, um, different team members, different... Um, ways of doing things so it's it's neat to see um kind of the evolution process and and different shows even too so yeah exactly and and every show has its own voice and brings something else to to the community um that it serves and and i think that that's that's absolutely important and that's kind of what we've kind of tried to do is you know give our own voice to um different um 
I don't know where I'm going with that. I was just rambling. <laughs> I just I kind of lost. You know how you're talking and you just late. I'm just saying words. I don't know. I've just run out of them. It's like laying the track in front of the train and it's just like I'm done. I'm on a track. There's a hole. The train has been derailed. <laughs> That's right. Uh, see, and that's you know what as an editor I have to say that is the hardest part it sucks having to edit yourself yeah. <laughs> I was I was going so wordy there oh I know I'm just like why am I saying um so much damn it does it ever like how do you how do you not get annoyed listening to your own edits because I I, I found that really hard to do listening to my own edits and then I was like Thank you. I can pass that off to somebody else. Oh, it's terrible. Some some weeks I'm just like, I think I just want to cut myself right out of this podcast. <laughs> like, if I, I could just cut huge swaths out of it and just. I, I have a confession to make. I I have not listened to a single one of our podcasts all the way through. Steve, <laughs> not one. Shame on you. Shame on you. I don't want to, I don't want to hear us again. I heard us the first time. I have to listen to us three times. I have to listen to it now, and then I have to edit it. And and then I listen to it again before we post it. Just in case I miss something. Yeah. yeah. Wow. But, I mean, that's the other advantage, though, too, to have a, a seven-person team. Um, it must be nice to be able to sort of delegate um, specific tasks out to different people. See, and it's nice because everybody – it's all volunteer. So um, it's not as much delegating as, okay, who wants to do this? Right. And, you know, volunteer. And most of the time, you get one or two people that will edit. And Nelson and Joel, um, and now Rachel, one of our newer team members, she's also um, starting to do some editing. There are audio people. And so is James, actually. He's also doing some editing. Um, so so we've, got quite, we've got a few audio people on the team starting to do some editing. Um I, I think you've got too many. In fact, I think you should throw us one. <laughs> Sorry, want to All right, who do you want to get I, rid of? Let's, let's... I will just murder audio because I, I'm a perfectionist and I will sit there and I will chop too much out and I will like, I will noise reduce and I will do yeah. way too much to like the audio to where it doesn't sound like audio anymore. I know, I've done that. I, I made that mistake in our first couple episodes where we sound like we're we're underwater in a submarine. Yeah. It's because I was just like noise reduction, noise reduction. I don't want to hear a hiss and then it's all of a sudden like, why wait, we don't sound human anymore. <laughs> like, yeah. Whoops. I think I over well, it was, and then I kept cutting out like all the ums and all the extra sounds and I'm like, you know, maybe I should just leave it alone. Yes. There is such you can overproduce something, I've found. It's it's so true. <laughs> Yeah, that was, that was, I spent like hours trying to edit the very first podcast that I ever did because Nelson was like, try, try your hand at audio editing. And I was like, okay, I'll try. And then he got my finished product and he's like, don't do that again. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get you writing. <laughs> so are you guys using Audacity or do you use Reaper? What do you guys use? They, they use a variety of tools. Some of them use Audacity, or no, not Audacity, not and not anymore. Um, I use Audacity to record. Mm -hmm. um, some of our audio editors use um, Reaper. At least two on the team use Reaper right now. Mm -hmm. um, some use Amadeus Pro. Some use, um, let's see, I think those are the, the main two right now that are being used. Right, right. Yeah, we use Audition. Audacity. 
Well, we use Audacity Record, and then I use Audition to oh, actually so, oh, to, to edit. Okay. Yeah. okay. So, okay, now we're getting nerdy. Now we're now we've got listeners just like zoning right out. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell are they talking about? <laughs> what sampling rate do you use to record your <laughs> podcast? Oh, <geez>. <laughs> <laughs> we use forty four hundred. <laughs> when you export, what file format do you export to? <laughs> <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> Which plugin do you find works the best for decompressing your file? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's just we haven't go even got into podcast hosting. <laughs> what podcast host do you use? That's right. I okay. don't even know. No, it's that. okay. I don't know right. the tech tech. Okay, well let's go right to let's give a shout out to the podcast and let people know uh where they can find it. Yes, so um you can find us actually on a number of platforms. You can find us by email at cbt at coolblindtech.com you can find us on our website at www.coolblindtech.com you can follow us on twitter at coolblindtech or you can follow us on facebook at coolblindtech <laughs> <laughs> it's okay we've we've had the same Yay, email editing. we yeah we've had the same email address for a year and, and that, every and show email address is rob <clears throat> okay, well, I'm going to get it now because you put pressure on me. The, <laughs> the email address is atbanterpodcast at gmail.com. Wow. Somebody took, believe this or not, somebody out there has the email address atbanter at gmail.com. We really? Yeah, yeah, somebody. I don't know who they are. They can burn in hell for all I'm concerned <laughs> uh, because they made us create this stupid email address, well, atbanterpodcast, and we just we, we can never get it right, even after a year. <laughs> anyway, anyway, so uh, that, yeah, that that is Rob can never get it right, right. even after a year. The rest Listen, of us are fine. You no, not necessarily. <laughs> I've heard you guys screw it up before. Um, well, uh, yeah, and I would encourage anybody out there who has not uh, listened to the Cool Blind Tech podcast or subscribed to their Twitter feed. It's an excellent Twitter feed. It's always up to date with the latest news. Uh, the podcast itself is great. I would uh, recommend anybody going out there and, and uh, hunting them down online. Yes, uh, we would be excited to have some more listeners. And we also are always featuring fan feedback in our uh, latest VIPs. So if anybody shoots us an email or tweets at us, we are happy to feature any fan mail. See, there you go. People love to listen to their own emails on the air. Yep. Um, Jessica, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, it was great talking to you. Thank you so much for having me on. Awesome, Jessica. Thanks. All right. Thanks and take care. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Cool. Always interesting to talk to another caster. Yep. Mm -hmm. Not to mention somebody who's been in the field almost as long as we have. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but she started in the womb. Well, <laughs> listen, that's a good place to start. I wish I wish my skill set had started in the womb. I didn't do anything in the womb. No, I can't imagine reading Braille at three. I'm, I can't read Braille now. So. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. Any, any closing thoughts? Uh, no, I, I got to check and see if I've uh, got them on my Twitter feed. Oh, yeah, you should. You you definitely yeah. should. Yeah, it's... I think I do, but uh, I'm not 100%. I'm constantly jealous of their Twitter feed. I'm just like, oh, how do they, <laughs> they've already written an article about that, and I just read that. Yeah, they're pretty so, quick. 
But I mean, that's well, but that that's the advantage of having you know seven volunteers mm-hmm. who are on top of the game, right? That can that can monitor all the news and and write up articles real quick. Yeah, you know, it's only the three of us, so well, four of us if you count. Okay, Google. Hey. Hello there. What can I do for you? Well, you can write us some freaking articles. Sorry, I can't help with that yet. Yeah, see, it's hard to get it's hard to get good help. <laughs> it is, yeah. <laughs> but she said yet. You know. mm-hmm. It's true yet. Yeah. Yeah, maybe we can, if they can get that AI algorithm down. Exactly. Get that, those neural learning systems down. We can train the Google Home to actually be an employee. Yeah. Slave labor. I like it. Robotic slave labor. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Bring it on. <laughs> Bring on the Daryl Hannabot. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, hey, Ryan. Rob. Where can people find us? WWW. <laughs> what? What's so funny? Uh, we can do it over you're again. funny. Okay. Yeah, what, why? Again. Why am I Just funny? Just do it again. All right. <clears throat> hey, Ryan. Rob. Where can people find us? They can find us online at www.atbanter.com. And they can also email us, if they so desire, at atbanterpodcast at gmail.com. And that's because I just practiced it right. five minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> you got it right. Yay. Yay. Where the hell else can they find us, Steve? Well, they can find us on the tweets things and the face things and uh, Instagrammatics and uh, YouTube. YouTubies. Yes, that's correct. And uh, I got nothing. I gotta stop putting these tr- these tracks down. In front of the train. <laughs> yeah. Actually, you know what? I, what I've been actually tempted to do too is take an improvisation course. Yeah. Right. Improv could definitely help with with podcasting. No doubt. And it might be fun. We should all do it. No. Let's all take an improv course. <laughs> no. I'll do it. All right. We'll ju- I'll download a book, Ryan. We can all do it in the basement. <laughs> so you know, we'll just. We'll just we'll do improv at the at the guitar dungeon. We'll invite Linda. We'll invite all the spouses, Jackie, and they can yeah. Set can up a camera, live stream it. We'll yeah. face, Facebook live it. There you go. Or I, periscope it. Yeah, if we want to get really fancy. Mm-hmm. This is this could have is. a Twitter chat. Forget forget access chat. It'd be live from the guitar dungeon. <laughs> it's, it's improv. AT improv. <laughs> Improv matter. That's right. Okay, you've got a fish and you're a monkey and you're using a braille display. Go. <laughs> I hate it already. <laughs> All right, fine. Okay, let's get this episode over with, I guess. All right, well then, I guess that's going to do it for us for this week. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next week. I have been Rob Minow. And I'm sort of Steve Barkley. And I'm still Ryan Flurry. And we will see you all next week. This podcast has been brought to you by Canadian Assistive Technology, providing low vision and blindness solutions across Canada. Find us online at www.canastech.com. That's C-A-N-A-S-S-T-E-C-H dot com. Or call us toll free at 1-844-795-8324. For all your assistive technology servicing needs, call Chaos Technical Services at 778-847-6840 or find them online at chaostechnicalservices.com. 
music provided by bensound.com.